Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast of Family Care Learning. My name is Brandon Jones. I'm the Clinical Services Program Manager of Christian Family Care and Arizona Family Counseling. Today, I'm excited because I have Haley here. Haley is uh, one of our child and family therapists Mm -hmm. and a family coach. And so, uh, Haley, uh, the thing that I am just... love about you being on our team Mm -hmm. is that you have like such a passion for the, uh, the foster care adoption world and you're a therapist. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, you know, these two things. Um, and I know that you've, you got into foster care yourself. Mm -hmm. And so will you maybe tell me a little bit about that and why you got into foster care and Yeah. yeah, a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, well, when I was going back to school for my master's to become a therapist, my parents, after myself and my siblings all left the house, decided that they wanted to start fostering. So they took in a kiddo um, pretty quickly um, as I was in my master's program and just got to know her really well, kind of got to learn the system a little bit through them, were able to do respite for them at times. So as I was educating myself and getting all this training about, you know, trauma and some of my courses and even play therapy, I was like, this would be something I would be interested in pursuing, but with specifically this population. So that is kind of where the idea started. And then, um, soon after that got an intern here, which was really cool. And that I think was kind of when everything just was like, wow, this is what I feel like God is calling me to both, you know, personally and professionally. Um, and so a little bit after that, um, yeah. My husband and I decided that we would foster as well okay. um, and just kind of dive into that ministry. And we both love it. It's definitely hard. And I would say that um, there's been a lot of messiness that comes with it, but I 100% would do it again. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. And so yeah. I, knowing a little bit about mm-hmm. your story and this was uh, so you, you had how long ago was this about like that you started the the whole foster care thing? Um, about almost two years about ago two that years we started. Ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in been, the spring. So you've been doing it for a while. You've been yeah. in it for a little while. Right. Um, and so mm-hmm. just, would you share a little bit about your experience in foster care? Like what was that like? What, what was, yeah. Well, how was that for you? Yeah. Well, I will admit, even though I worked here and worked with kids that, you know, have gone through trauma and training, I yeah. w- entered really <laughs> very naive to what it was going to be like being an actual foster parent. Yeah. And I was also one of the people that I saw my parents doing it was really involved. So I was like, yeah, I think I have a general grasp of what this is going to look like, but I don't even think the trainings or experiences like that could really prepare me for what I was about to enter um, with foster care. Um, we did take in two kiddos for our first placement. I don't know if I would recommend that to everybody being <laughs> okay. like, yeah, we'll just yeah. take two, you know, and we yeah. took two under two. So it was like just kind of chaotic for a long time. And do you have any kids at home? No, so no. Yeah. Zero to now you're juggling babies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. My husband and I both felt like for the season that we were in, we could really give a lot of attention to yeah. just foster kiddos. So this was kind of a, you know, experience of just a, a good time frame for us. So yeah, we went from like no kids to two kids under two who never slept. It just was 
all sorts of behaviors. So it was, um, yeah, yeah, it was a wild ride for sure. So, but, um, and they were with us for a really long time too. So they were with us for almost a year and a half. Um, so got to know them really well, got to see them, you know, grow and thrive and make a ton of improvements, you know, just both with emotionally and, um, just even processing the loss and, still having connection with their parents, but obviously in a different role. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a crazy year for sure. So when you set out like you and your husband, you're going, I think, I think God wants us to do this. Mm -hmm. Did you have any like specific kind of goals or like, there's like, we're doing it for this. Like that was a strong motivating factor for you or kind of the ideals that you were working towards. Yeah. I think my husband and I both, um, kind of entered this with similar mindsets, but also a little bit different too. We process a little bit differently. I know he was also really um, close to the kiddos that my parents took in. Um, but for him, I think, um, we actually had, um, we went to like a foster care and for, you know, information class at church. And that was kind of when he was like, wow, I think I really want to pursue this. Um, and for me, I also felt the same way wanted to pursue it, but, um, also with interning here and working here, I just felt like I noticed that so many kids that were just making these amazing improvements were ones Mm -hmm. that the parents were willing to come in, learn what we were doing in the therapy sessions and apply them at home. And were willing to get attached to these kids, knowing that that loss could be detrimental or so hard for them, but they were willing to do that. So these kids could transition well back into their bio home or wherever they were going to go next um, and be willing to attach to another caregiver. And so I think for me, that was a big motivator too, is feeling like here I am seeing all these things that we're applying in therapy. If I can apply this in my home with Mm. my husband, who's an incredible person who I know would be willing to educate himself, you know, learn of ways, get attached. um, I think we could really be a blessing to kids in that sense. So I just felt Mm. like that was another way that I could help kids outside of yeah. Work. And so, so is that you kind of, it sounds like you're entering into this, not to build your family, but you're going, I really want to reunify these yeah. kiddos. Like I want to, I want to be a support for them as long as they need. Yeah. And then, and so how did that play out for you and the specific placement? Yeah. So that again was like a really good mindset to think yeah. of. And then as you come in and you do get attached to them, it is kind of like, Oh, this is going to be really hard. And there yeah. are times where, you know, selfishly you're thinking, Oh, oh I'm such a good parent. You know, they yeah. should really stay with me yes. or, you know, my husband's like incredible. So, you know, honestly, if it went to severance, it would probably be, you know, for the kid's best interest. Cause I think that we, you know, are providing a great home for them. So there's definitely like, you know, some of those feelings that came in with it. Um, like I said, we were really pro reunification too, especially one of the little kiddos in our home. And she was really upset to leave parents and transitioning back and forth with between visits was so hard for her. And it was heartbreaking, yeah. you know, to see her have to leave them. So especially even after those, we'd be like, oh my gosh, we need to, you know, really try to co-parent as well as we can. We need to do whatever we can to build a relationship for this little girl's yeah. sake. Cause she really, you can tell is bonded to them, whether or not it's a healthy attachment, you know, there's still nonetheless a bond. Um, so at the beginning, it was really easy to kind of have that mindset, but again, they're with us for a year and a half. So naturally, um, you know, they really did become a part of our family, even our extended family. You can tell that they shifted and really started to attach and bond to us. So Mm. it was easy at times to, you know, kind of shift, that calling or that ministry. Um, and then as their case progressed, um, more disclosures came out kind of 
near the end of them, their time in our home. And so that kind of, you know, clouded our judgment a little bit too. And just started thinking about, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is safe anymore. It's really hard for me to want to co-parent right now. It's really hard for me to trust that a transition home is going to be in their best interest. So, um, it's, it's such a hard place to be in, right? Because you're like, you're, doing all the parent stuff, right? You're caring, you're investing, right? They're attaching and trusting you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you think about in like a natural parenting relationship is parents make the decisions, right? And so here it is, you're, you're pouring all this into these kiddos and then you start going, okay, now someone, the, the state is making, Mm -hmm. uh, they're making decisions about their permanency. And I'm going, ah, man, I'm not confident that the kiddos are safe (laughs) um, in the direction it's going. And so like, I imagine that would just be incredibly stressful. I know it was in my own foster Mm -hmm. care experience, but what was that like for you? I mean, how did you, yeah. yeah, How did you deal with that? That's a great question. So I could definitely tell, um, especially in the last probably six months that my need for control was starting to get really heightened Mm. and that, because you don't have control in foster care, as many of our foster families know, um, would easily look for other outlets and ways to have control. Um, So I would say that was kind of um, a really big challenge in the last couple of months. It's just like wanting that control. I also have an attachment style of really dismissive too. So um, when things were getting a little bit tough, there would be times where it would almost just be like, let's just think about it later when it happens. Or, you know, I can't even think about myself right now. We need to focus on, you know, the kiddos and what's going on in their case and just really dismissing any of my own feelings as we were going through these stressors. Um, And then again, yeah, it's, it's challenging when, you do feel like, you know, these kids, if, you know, maybe not better than their bio parents, but better than the team, the people that you're meeting with for CFTs, the judge, I think that was something that both my husband and I really had to wrestle with is at the end of the day, it went to a judge who, um, didn't know their case. We just got reassigned to somebody new. So it was somebody Mm. not knowing them at all. That was making the decision. And that really, um, I don't think I realized how big of a toll that took on us after they did transition out of our home until afterwards thinking, man, a lot of my anger, a lot of my feelings about, you know, what on earth just happened, you know, I was really fixated on this fact that, you know, I had to give it to somebody that I didn't know and who didn't know the the kiddos or their case. Um, and just trusting that they made the decision that they thought was in their best interest. So it's, it's a hard place to sit for sure. And And especially for a long time, right. If, and sometimes we see that, um, the court cases and the decisions, it's not as clear cut as we would like right? because there's so many factors mm-hmm. in there. And you brought up something I was kind of want to lean into a little yeah. bit more. You mentioned your attachment styles, yeah. this kind of dismissing and avoiding. Yeah, yeah. I would love to talk about that more <laughs> in another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, like the dismissing, avoiding kind of, mm-hmm. they avoid, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just, I'm going to power through it. And yeah. the th- the great thing is, is like, well, you can probably do that for a little while. And so for the temporary, but yep. for the long term, it's like, it's really hard to keep avoiding that. Mm-hmm. And so was there a point in that 18 months where you're kind of going, okay, I've been trying to dismiss and avoid, but now yeah. it's just weighing too heavily on me. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a great question. Um, 
there, I mean, looking back, there might've been times where I was like, okay, this is too much. But I think after, um, the kiddos transitioned out of our home, I didn't realize, um, how much I had been carrying and how much of that stress was really impacting my body. Like I actually feel like I physically feel healthier than less like couple months than I did before that. Just because I think just maybe just the stress that that was taking on my body, just like feeling tense and headaches and, you know, just, you know, even like stomach aches, just feeling that stress where even now, um, after we're processing the um, kiddos transitioning out of our home, grief is almost welcomed right now because it's a different feeling than what I've been feeling for like the last 18 months. Um, and like to not have that stress, but to be able to just sexually release and grieve and cry and has actually been really therapeutic in its own way. So I don't know if that answers your question, but, but, but it's almost this kind of counterintuitive because for certain attachment styles, you're like run from this push forward and, and to really kind of work through it and heal from it, you kind of got to sit in yeah. it and, and wrestle yep. with it a little bit. And that actually is, is a healthy thing. And yeah. Like, and I think a lot of our families, I know you and I went to a training this summer that that was one of the things that the, um, we learned at that training is that the majority of our foster families do have a dismissive attachment yes. style. Yeah. Um, and the reason why they do it is because they can keep powering on and keep taking more kiddos because they do, they just continue to dismiss and disregard what's, you know, their feelings and just, they'll say yes, continuously yeah. without yeah. really processing what has even happened. So, um, that training I remember was really impactful for me, even on a personal level being like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I tend to do this myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so you're going through this 18 months and there's a lot and you're I, noticing like this sense of, man, I feel out of control. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to power through it, but it is literally your stress capacity is just to the max. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so what are, how did you cope with that? Like thinking about like, I know, I know for you, right. You mm-hmm. persevered right? mm-hmm. and you're going, we're, we're not giving up on these girls. Right we are in it mm-hmm. um, because the Lord called you in that. And so right. what were some of the things that helped you to sustain that even when it got like super hard? Yeah. Um, well, I think when looking back when it was getting really stressful, um, the one thing that I feel like I did have control in is just advocating for what we saw in our home and whether, you know, what we said was taken or, you know, used or, you know, had any benefit at CFTs or just in discussions with the team. I think knowing that we were able to share the behaviors that we noticed, things that the, you know, kiddos struggled with or handled well and just feeling, giving that and not, you know, worrying about if that was used or helpful. Um, but, yeah, just being able to advocate for them and and just feeling comfortable that we did everything we could. And I would say both my husband and I, um, in our own therapy that we're getting through this process, right? Because we need therapy too for what we've experienced and really don't feel like you can help others without getting help yourself. But I think one thing that we both have kind of recognized in this season is that looking back on the last, um, 18 months that neither one of us have any guilt about what we did for Mm. these girls. While we might feel guilty about other things, we definitely let other things in our life maybe slide. Like I feel like for work, that was definitely something I put on the back burner. Even some of our friendships, we just didn't invest as much into maybe because they didn't understand what we were going through or just, and again, we were in COVID with COVID and everything, just all these like outside, you know, um, factors as well. But looking back, I think we both feel confident that we, um, we advocated for them when we could and that we, you know, trusted God in the process of, 
we don't have control, but we know he does and that mm. we fully believe that he loves these you know, kids more than we do. And sometimes it's hard to think about that. You're like, I really love these kids they are yeah. precious and adorable, but don't without a doubt, you know, think that I know he loves them more than we do. Um, so I, yeah, I just think looking back, both of us are saying that we felt like we did everything we could. We provided a safe home for them. We felt like we did good with the attachment and tried our best with the co-parenting. It wasn't easy. I think a lot of our foster families say that's probably one of the hardest things with, um, foster care, but we tried our best just to love on them and pray for them in addition to the kiddos that were in our care. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that has been something that has given me so much peace. So was looking back at their case plan and the kids feeling like, you know, we just, we loved them as much as we could. We provided them the safe home. Um, we advocated, we went to things, we got them in services. Um, and that, yeah, I don't feel like looking back, there's no guilt of man. Did I not share enough or did I not disclose enough? Or was I not, you know, and I feel okay too, because we weren't perfect parents too. like fostering. Well, parenting in general is hard, but you know, fostering kiddos and, Um, with the behaviors and the trauma, it is, it's messy and definitely lost, you know, out of my window, window of tolerance, you know, (laughs) dysregulated myself. Um, so I'm not saying that it's like we looking back, we were perfect parents. I mean, we definitely struggled, but I feel like God used us, um, for the time that he did. And Mm. I'm just going to have to sit and trust in that. So there's something so beautiful and peaceful about that, right? Like it's like, Lord, I did what I think you were called yeah. me to do, right? Is mm-hmm. provide care for them, advocate for them, right? Yeah. And just try to lean on God as much as possible. Yeah. And I think there's such a temptation, I think, a lot of times for foster parents because we tend to have more control over mm. what happens to the children that we care for. Right. And so there's almost this temptation of like, I'm going to move outside of my lane or my calling right now and mm-hmm. kind of influence other things. What's going, okay, God, what have you called me to, which is right. provide care for this kiddo and advocate in the way that I'm allowed to as a foster right. parent. It's like, yeah, that's hard, but uh, it, it seems like hard. you were able to really find that peace and kind of go, yeah. okay, God, this is what you've called me to. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would be able to do this without having a relationship, you know, yeah. with Christ. I mean, I commend people that are willing to do this for whatever reason, because it is, it's, it's hard and it's messy, but I know for me personally, and for my husband, both of us have said, even though obviously we're still sad and we're still processing and we'll always love them and think about them and pray for them and want what's best for them. There really is that peace that passes all understanding that yeah. I can't really describe other than just saying, it's just there. I just feel it. Yeah. And while again, I might not have all the answers. We might not ever see them again or, you know, know about their whereabouts, but whether, you know, God in this life, you know, gives us clues about how they're doing. If not, I know he will explain everything in his reasoning at some point, (laughs) you know, and that's kind of what you just have to hold on to at times that I don't understand, but I know he does and it will be revealed in some way. Yeah. So, but I also, I feel like to have been really looking into Mark, Mark checked, nine. Yeah. Mark chapter nine, where the dad brings his demon possessed son to mm, Jesus yeah. and says, you know, please heal him. And, um, you know, Jesus says that he'll heal all who believe or help all who believe. And the dad says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. I feel like that's my anthem right now where it's like, I believe <laughs> yeah, God yeah. that you are good, that you're just, yeah. and you love kid, uh, all the kids, not just the kids that were in our home, but every kid, um, and that you have a plan for them. And while I don't understand, you know, maybe, 
why it got messy at the end or why it didn't maybe go the way that we expected it to or felt yeah. it should. Um, I, I just help me with that. Like, I believe in you. So help me with that unbelief. Help me to see and trust that you're good and that you have a plan. Yeah. So, oh. but easier said than done. Right. I'm making it right. sound so easy, right. but it's like, you know, sometimes like on your hands and knees saying that. So Haley, you are amazing. <laughs> and I would love, to, I would love to talk to you more, maybe even, yeah. uh, get your husband in here to, to, yeah. to just learn about yeah. how as a couple, like God has used this difficult time yeah. to grow you. Right. Like mm -hmm. thinking about that, right. It's just that God is this loving, wise God yep. and it's going, okay. And Romans eight, right. Mm -hmm. It talks about oh, like, yeah. he can work all things for the good. And yep. so it's like, Lord, how are you working this for yeah, yeah. Please anybody's explain good it to right, me right now? now. Yeah. I don't understand that, yeah. but it's going, even if we don't see it, it's still true. And right. we just need to have faith in that. So you mentioned a couple of times, just the, this whole like grief process, right? Because you're wanting control, you're mm -hmm. not having control. And then eventually maybe this doesn't turn out the way that you expected. You right. Mentioned. So like, yeah. How, what was that like for you? Um, well, I feel like for me and my husband, we both, process it very differently where, yeah. um, again, and he also has a dismissive personality too. So it seemed okay. like at times, like I remember, and again, I mean, our case too kind of got a little crazy. So I wouldn't say this maybe would be how everybody, right. but we were unfortunately one of those scenarios where you get a call and the kids are getting like literally DCS is like on their way to come get them, you know? So there definitely felt like that denial piece was like, yeah. you know, heightened a little bit. Cause it was like, we're both kind of dismissing it. And then literally you're getting a call, you know, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. judge made their decision. So we got to come, you know, we got to come get them. And you're just kind of like a little bit in that shock factor of like, did they really say that? Or can they really do that? You know, yeah. just, you know, come pick them up. Um, so I felt like for, um, me, maybe, I don't know if I was maybe a little bit more prepared than my husband, just because again, I see that unfortunately You're with this job. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately yeah. it's not the first time I've heard of situations yeah. like that. So I think for me, it was kind of like, even I remember that day, um, you know, he's just kind of shocked. Like, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? You know, we have so many hours. I just want to like love on yeah. them and like yeah. pray for them and everything. And then I'm going totally like into almost like a bargaining mode. I'm like yeah. emailing the parents, their schedule, you know, saying like, please let me know if you need help with anything. This is what they like. This is what they don't like. Just trying to find any way to like make, um, you know, this transition as smooth as possible, even asking yeah. DCS, is there any way that we can be involved in the transition just so it's like sweet, you know, goodbye, not just a, you're getting picked up by somebody random. Right. So I feel like for both of us initially, that was kind of the response was like somebody who's in shock, the other person's just like going into game mode, yeah. you know? And I yeah. think I remember, um, even my husband at one point being like, just don't just send the email later. Like, it's okay. Like reach out to them later. Like just enjoy this moment. And then for me, I was like, if I don't do this, like they're going to be so scared. You know what yeah. I mean? So I feel like we experienced a little bit of that where, um, initially, but then following that, um, I think I'm one that tends to sit in that anger stage for like a really long time, <laughs> yeah, okay. you know? So, and I definitely, my husband too, but we also express our anger very differently too, where I'm kind of the one that, you know, I'll be all over the place. I'll like be processing out loud. And it's like, what yeah. is going on with her? She's like yeah, here, then yeah. she's here, then she's here. So, um, yeah. So I think just sitting, um, in anger for a little bit. And like I said, my husband is a little bit more of an internalizer too, with that type of stuff. So, um, 
kind of going through that process. And then again, <clears throat> just going through all the different stages of grief where you do, you kind of reflect, yeah. is there anything I could have done differently? You know, bargaining, what, right? yeah, yeah, that bargaining yeah. stage for sure. And just feeling like, you know, did we, um, you know, transition them well? Did we, you know, do enough in our home, which I kind of talked about earlier, feeling like yeah. after processing, you know, being able to work through that. Um, but I wouldn't even say we're really to the point of, you know, acceptance or even really past those first three stages, to be yeah. honest with you, because we are just still, you know, it's still kind of shocking when you look back and think about it. It's like, yeah, that was kind of a crazy transition. That yeah. wasn't ideal. Um, or, you know, just again, we talked earlier about, you know, judges and people making decisions for kids that they don't know. So then that kind of goes back to that anger stage of why on earth, you know, would God do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or why is the system this way? Is the system flawed? The, you know, do they not communicate well enough or present well enough, you know, the case? And then again, kind of going back to that bargaining. So, um, I don't know if that really answers your question, yeah. but well, but I think that just listening to you work out that it's yeah. crazy because it's like we bounce around yes, and we're married with someone that bounces around in this. And yeah. so I think in my work with families that are, have gone through this, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes this can be like a really hard thing on their marriage yep. because it's going, they're both grieving. Mm -hmm. They both love each other, mm -hmm. but they're they're not, they're not on the same wavelength in the grieving process because everyone right. grieves differently, right. like at different like rates, right? Like, mm -hmm. and you're bouncing from one and he's at another yeah. and it's going, I think a lot of times it can probably feel like you don't understand me right. or you're, you know, you're, yeah. you can kind of put a negative light sometimes on our spouse with yep they're not doing it like for me. For sure. So I'm kind of mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're not meeting my needs. Right. right. And that's what, oh, yeah. yeah. And I think my husband and I have definitely felt that too. And then also working with a lot of our families, you know, here just as a parent coach, seeing that too, where it is, and you know, somebody's maybe ready to, um, even get thrown back into the ministry, right? Yeah. Somebody's like, I'm ready. I feel like, you know, I want my home to be, you know, a blessing to others. And then there's the other spouse that's like, I don't know if I want to do this again. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? And then it almost causes this resentment of like, but this is what we're being asked to do. And it's like, well, I don't know if I can continue. And that's really hard. I think for a lot of our families to wrestle with yeah. too, of then, you know, then why would God, you know, call us to do this? And why would he make it so hard that now we don't want to help kids? Um, right. so I feel like I've seen that a lot with families that I've worked with and even families um, I've connected with personally. So it is, it's, it's challenging and yeah. it's a lot to think about as you're grieving, as you're grieving, <laughs> so, right. Or yeah. kind of keeping the, everything together with yeah. the kiddos. Right. Cause sometimes I imagine, especially this back and forth where the judge, I know in your case, you I mentioned know. to me where you're like, Brandon, the judge says the girls are going home. <laughs> yep. And then like a week later, it's like, well, not yet. Yeah, they're still here. Right. And then it's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, they're going home probably yep. today or tomorrow. Yep. Uh, actually, never mind. Yeah, it's We're a waiting, month from right? now. It's like yeah. this up and yeah, down. Yeah, crazy. But even that, I imagine yeah. you're kind of doing some grieving, right? Like, because yeah. it's like, this is probably going to happen. Yeah. Um, and there's that... Uh, I think it's called anticipatory grief, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I'm anticipating something happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm already starting to work through that yeah. grief process. Yeah. And I know for me, when we, yeah, because you and the rest of our team was so gracious because I would, I would like come into work being like, okay, we're saying bye to them. And then it'd be yeah. like, nope, you know, they're still here for a lengthy amount of time. But, um, I know for me, it was really easy to get stuck in that bargaining stage for yeah. that too, because it's like, well, now we have this window open of they're not going yet. You know, they want all this information. So what can I do to, you know, ensure safety yeah. or ensure that the judge really knows, you know, 
what they're signing on for or what they're, you know, saying yes or no to. And, and that was really challenging too, because again, there's that show of needing some control. If I can bargain, if I can send my emails, you know, yeah. talk with the therapist, you know, et cetera, you know, do I have some control and some power of, you know, making sure that the judge really, really, <laughs> makes, makes really makes form. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But, wow. Yeah. Wow. And that, I mean, it just, I imagine that's, that's an area that's like, we got to be really careful for in marriages mm-hmm. when you're doing this is that yeah. when things go bad and, or even when things go as expected, but there's yeah. still grief, yeah, you might not grieve the same way. And so there might be an opportunity for like some distance between yeah. spouses. For sure. Some, yeah. Any, any kind of quick things that you've noticed or you've learned to kind of help continue a unity Mm-hmm. with you and your husband, even while you're grieving differently and looking at things a little differently? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, again, and I mentioned it earlier, but I think going to therapy, the two of us is the best yeah. thing. And, you know, honestly, something I would even recommend doing, even if you are in a good spot, just that preventative. Cause again, yeah. you know, life is just throwing us curves balls. It's just inevitable. You know, God doesn't say life's going to be <laughs> right. this, you know, this yeah. easy thing all the time. And then especially with this year too, you know, with COVID and I think people just, their normal is no longer what it was once was. So, um, I, yeah, I would just say therapy for us has been just a huge blessing. Um, and I, I think for us to, um, really just being intentional about checking in with one another mm. and, you know, not having, um, high expectations for the other one to necessarily, you know, meet our grief needs, yeah. but also just letting, um, each other know that, you know, we love them. We were thinking about them, you know, what do you need in this moment? And, um, I don't know. I just, I feel really appreciative for Garrett, my husband, because I think he has just been, you know, really kind about, I definitely am grieving much differently than he is, you know, but not, you know, just saying, you know, I can tell that you're having whatever day (laughs) that you're having. So like, what do you need? And just being willing to, um, yeah, just kind of meet that person in their grief and not have all these expectations that you need to meet my needs. You need to meet my needs, but just saying like, I noticed this about myself today, you know, really just helping the other person say like, you know, I, I just noticed I was just a little bit more lazier today. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just didn't feel motivated to do anything. It's like, okay, well maybe is that the grief, you know, or, yeah. is, you know, or, you know, do you want to just stay home today? It's a weekend, not do anything and just relax. Or should we try to go out, you know, and go for a walk or go do something. And, yeah. you know, just having those even conversations I think are helpful. Just, mm. just checking in, I guess, with each other. So, yeah, it kind of feels like a, I think about just like this, this air of grace that you have with yeah. one another knowing yeah. like we're both going through a hard thing right yeah. now. And you would probably, if you could be more supportive to one another, but because you're both going through it, it's like, right. Ooh, that makes it hard. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, and if, you know, maybe at a different time, if he, you know, comes, we can talk about it a little bit more too. Cause I definitely think for him as the husband, as the man of the house too, mm. that has definitely, you know, maybe caused a little bit more to his grief too. And feeling this, you know, kind of those protective and yeah. this is my family. What, you know, do I need to do to make sure that my family's okay? Yeah. Um, and just being strong, you know, for me and even for the kiddos that left our home too, you know, there was that, that role, that dad role that he played and he's still, is it, you know, dad, yeah. but it's a different type of, you know, relationship now. So what does that look like? So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Haley, thank you so much yeah. for just opening up a little bit yeah. and sharing your personal story. And I think one of the things I just appreciate so much about you 
being on the team, right? Is that you're, you take your personal experience and all this incredible professional training that you have. Right. And as you try to, as you support families as they come, it's just, it's just such incredible the work that you do with families. And so thank you you for what you're (laughs) doing. And and if you're listening to this and you're going, yep, I'm, I'm like in that grief stage (laughs) Mm -hmm. right now, or man, I'm really struggling with my spouse and kind of being on the same page. Um, please do not hesitate to reach out to Christian Family Care. We have an Arizona Family Counseling website. That's our clinical department website. And so we would love to support you in your marriage as you're going through this. Um, If you're finding that you're just kind of struggling, we have those therapists even available to support you through that. And so Haley, again, thank you so much. And yeah, I would love to get Garrett on (laughs) here and uh, hear just kind of some of his perspective with that and some of the things that he's learned uh, from that. And so thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.